It's hard to balance life in a full-time job and still enjoy the things in your life you're passionate about. If you're passionate sports, every Monday and Thursday, join me as we talk about the day's biggest sports topics, the previews, game analysis, the infusion of music and sports, and rumors in the sports world. If you love sports and want a new, fresh perspective from a sports podcast, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Keith Johnson, and this is Sports Fans Only. Now let's talk some damn sports. Who you got on Thursday night? The Colts or Texans? Pretty straightforward. I always let the guests select, so it's a Thursday night game. I think the Texans are home. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Colts. I, I, think, I feel like I'm going to throw you a bone. I think you wanted the Texans, so I'm going to give them to you. And I know Frank Reich owns that coaching staff. I think they're going to win. They beat them the last, I think, two times, including the playoffs. Actually, three times, and they almost won that first game last year when they went for it on fourth. I think they pulled this and went out. Take control of the AFC South, and I get to choose what your happy is. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm hoping I pull it off. I don't win often, but I feel confident that the home team on Thursday night is going to do well. And those other games, I believe, were with Andrew Luck, which Jacoby Brissett is a lot better than we thought, but I don't know he's Andrew Luck. We'll see. I'm feeling confident. Don't change your mind. Alright, this is Sean Mack back with a preview of the Thursday night NFL game matchup. Tonight we have an AFC South meeting between the first place Indianapolis Colts sitting at 6-4 and four, versus the second place Houston, Texas also sitting at 6-4. and four. The Colts beat the Texans in the earlier matchup this year, so tonight's game is pivotal in determining the winner of this division. Deshaun Watson is trying to bounce back from a devastating loss last week at the hands of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. To me, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Just my opinion. The Indianapolis Colts come in riding a high off of last week's 33-13 handling of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now with one game back, after being sidelined for two, Jacoby Brissett is poised to finish the year big. If he can only avoid the injury bug. Gotta watch out for that. So we have an AFC South meeting between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. Once again, this is Sean Mack with the preview, and this is Sports Fans Only. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. I know that it's difficult, I'm stacking this paper, it's sort of habitual, I blow the residual, and fucking your bitch like it's part of my ritual, part of the visual, but money you give me a heart on a typical, I wanted it physical, a million dollars I count up in intervals, without it I'm miserable, don't wanna fall off so I'm all in my bag, thanking God like it's biblical, I know it's gonna solve every problem I have, I bought on the principle, remember the teachers is all on my ass, now look all of them pitiful, and all of a sudden I'm so good at math, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up. Count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Can't take it when you die, but you can't live with that. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Fans Only with your boy Keith Johnson and the critically acclaimed, award-winning, one and only, live in the flesh, my brother, Sean Mack. What it do, man? Yeah, not much. I'm winning them awards. <laughs> yeah, you Good like that, here, huh? man. You like that like introduction? That. You like that, yeah, right? Yeah, I got, I got to make all those things become true. <laughs> you, know, you know what they say, you gotta you gotta speak it before it happens. So I'm just putting that out there. You know what I mean? Exactly. 
Once again, good to be back. We got a live show. Good to be with you, brother. Let's get at it. Yeah, let's get to it, man. We're going to start this thing off by talking about the Thursday night game between the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. What's, what's your guts telling you about this game, Mr. Matt? Well, I'm going to have to go with Deshaun Watson and the Texans this game, only because of the big loss they had last week against um, Baltimore Ravens. That was kind of embarrassing. Both teams are sitting at six and four. Colts are in first place only because of the win. Previous matchup this season. Let's see, the Colts, what, a four and two at home, two and two on the road. The Texans, three and one at home, three and three on the road. Both teams playing 50-50 football on the road. So I have the tendency to probably go with the home team, but you never know. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, in the NFL. Any given Sunday, that's the phrase, right? Any given Sunday, anything can happen. Right now, both of these teams, well, actually, you're right. Uh, the Houston Texans, they they got spanked last week. Seems like the Baltimore Ravens, they're spanking everybody lately. So I don't want to hold that too much against them, but they are at home. But see, the only thing that scares me about Houston is they don't have that, that defense anymore. There's no more J.J. Watt. He's not there because he's hurt again. Uh, uh, Davion yeah. Clowney, he's in Seattle now, and now they have they they still got um, I forget the name of that linebacker. They had another linebacker there that was a, a part of that big, you know, the rush that they had. He's still there, but for the most part, this is a totally different defense. And I don't know, just something about the coach, man. You know, I, I'm I'm a little biased because of Jacoby Brissett. Okay, he's from New England, so I'm I'm a little biased. So. I think I'm gonna have to go with the Colts only because of that factor. Um, I definitely know that Deshaun Watson has the skill to light up the scoreboard. Let me take a look at their stats. Deshaun Watson is 20, let's see, 230 out of 331 for 2,600 yards. He has 18 touchdowns and six interceptions. And I was surprised when I when I saw Brissett. Uh, wait, question: How many rushing yards for uh, Watson? I get the feeling that he's rushing less, you know. I definitely think he could be hindering the team. I definitely think he's rushing less because uh, their leading rusher, actually Carlos Hyde, is doing good. He has 268 rushing rushing yards. Let's see, he has. You see it on your screen? No, I don't. That's weird. And he's got the passing and the rushing. I'm gonna have to tell. You, I don't want to take too long looking for it. But yeah, you're right though. It doesn't seem like he's rushing too much anymore, and that might be hampering the team. Even though, like I said, Carlos Hyde, he was a big pickup. He has 768 yards and four touchdowns, and of course Indianapolis with that humongous offensive line uh, Marlon Mack he has 192 carries for 862 yards and four touchdowns so just based off the offensive line and Houston not having their defensive line like they used to the running back Brissett oh and like I was saying Brissett his stats 168 for 260 and excuse me my computer decided to just start bugging out on me. Um, Jacoby Brissett, 168 out of 260 for 1,700 yards, 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns, and four interceptions. 
I didn't know he had that many touchdowns. Uh, me neither. You know, I just found it. Deshaun Watson, 2019 NFL stats, um, rushing yards, 291. All right. That's not bad. I thought he would have minded. I thought he probably would have had more. But, yeah, maybe. The, I me mean, too. him being a dual threat, and we're about to get into that, the top, the top black quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And when I was going down that list, I was surprised how many there were. And I think you're probably going to be surprised, yeah. too. Um, but, yeah, that's my pick. I pick uh, Indianapolis. You say you're going with the Texans? Yeah, he have, that team has to come back. That was a thrasher to the Ravens. But like you said, in my opinion as well, I think the Ravens are the best NFL team this yeah. year so far. So we're yet to see, but I uh, have to go with the Texans. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. And also, we're going to start doing our little uh, competition. It's a little late in the year, but we'll go from this point all the way through the playoffs until the Super Bowl. So we're going to start taking our pick games, and by the end of the season, we'll see where we're at or whatever. We need to make a little competition. You know what? Whoever loses, we're going to have to make a video and put that out and make a little gentleman's bet. Yeah. But what were you about to say? We need to uh, lighten it. We need to lighten it up a little bit. Maybe we get some of the fellas in this so we can make it a little pool. Yeah, and we definitely. Can, um, see if we can do embarrassing things to each other. So. Definitely. And then we'll film yeah. it and we'll put it out there for you guys to laugh at us at. You'll get you'll get two things in one. You'll get a nice podcast episode and you'll get a nice video of us doing foolish things that probably going to have, have you on your behind. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to get into the top uh, quarterbacks, black quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, of course, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes. That's like the first person everybody's going to name. So he's the starting quarterback for Kansas City. Then, of course, you have Russell Wilson for the Seattle Seahawks. You have Cam Newton. Now, mm-hmm. he's not a starter anymore, but we all know he has starter potential. I mean, he is a starter. So whether he's with Carolina. And due to injury. Yeah, ex- well, yeah, exactly. Now, they're starting to talk about him, Mike, coming back and taking his job back. Because I think uh, Kyle Allen, he didn't do too good the last couple weeks. But I don't know. Yeah, he has two bad games. So, you know, I go, if you're winning, you're in the man. If you're not, you're looking for the next man behind you. Exactly. So, after all, he might still be the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. So, Cam Newton. Then you have Deshaun Watson, who we were just talking about. Uh, Jacoby Mm -hmm. Brissett, who we were just talking about. Uh, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Lamar Jackson. And then we also have, and we you would agree, right? Teddy Bridgewater, he's a he's a starting quarterback, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he would be, yeah. He's gonna be a starter soon, extremely soon. He's gonna be extremely rich soon too. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say he made a lot of money for himself uh, filling in for Breeze those couple of games. And some of the past black quarterbacks, um, I'm just gonna name a few. I know everybody knows Dante Culpepper, Donovan McNabb, Mike Vick, Doug Williams, of course. Now, out of all those quarterbacks, who who do you think is – oh, I'm sorry. I'm bugging. Steve McNair. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? You're getting one more. Warren Moon. Moon. Uh, Randall Cunningham. Which would be the best to me. Yep. Randall Cunningham. And I'm glad you just said that because I have their stats, the versus stats between Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham. So I'm going to compare yeah. the, their two stats. But out of the, the people currently playing in the NFL, who would you say – in your opinion, is the the best quarterback right now, black quarterback in the NFL? 
the best black quarterback. Um, as of right now, you have to say Russell Wilson, right? He has a Super Bowl, made it there twice. Um, yeah, I would have to say Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I almost was positive. I was 100% sure you were about to say Patrick Mahomes. Because, I mean, if somebody did say that, you can't really argue with him. I mean, he is no. great. But, like you said, Russell Wilson's resume is so much bigger than his. And on top of that, he won a Super Bowl, been to two, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to win. Possible NFL. Um, I'm about to say possible uh, MVP candidate. Probably going to win it. I think he is going to win it this year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. I think Lamar Jackson's going to win it. No, wouldn't you say? But say if they both keep playing, say they both keep playing at the same talent that they are right now, which is very high. Uh, who wins out? I don't know because they both win their game. Didn't didn't the Ravens? Battle? That might be the tiebreaker. Yeah, they did. Uh, that, I, think I mean, it was at Seattle too, right? Yeah, if they, mm, if, I'm not sure. If they keep playing the way they're playing, and it comes down to like a tiebreaking type of thing, that might be the tiebreaker. That might. You know, the people that vote on it, they they might say, head up. Lamar Jackson had better stats, and he beat them. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so you're going to go with Russell Wilson. I I think I would would have to agree. Who do you have? Um, No, no. Put me on a hot hot table. Who do you have? um, Let me see. If I didn't pick Russell Wilson, which I'm kind of leaning towards, um, I think you have to say Patrick Mahomes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson right now is the best. He does everything Russell Wilson does and better. He's faster. Mm-hmm. Faster. I, th- I think his arm, his arm is just as good. He throws the deep mm-hmm. ball great. Um, he checks down when he has to. He doesn't throw that many interceptions. And this is only yeah. his second year. This is Russell Wilson's, what, seventh year, sixth year, something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, possibly eight. I, yeah, possibly eight. Because, that, yeah, that – that Super Bowl seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. Well, about yeah. six years ago. And he was already in the league about, what, one or two years by that at that point. So he's been in the league a while. And Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is probably better. Now, the only thing he has to learn how to do is start to slide. He likes to go up in there like a running back almost, diving. And- yeah. Yeah. Eventually that will catch up with you because – one thing I like to give him credit for that a lot of people aren't saying, but the reason I know this young man is actually getting the quarterback position down to science is his arm position when he's throwing that ball. Now, just take a look when y'all watch Lamar. Uh-huh. I know the fancy running and the spins can get people mesmerized, but look at his arm position. He's dropping it low. He's putting it high. He's putting a little sidearm to it. That let me know. Kind of a little Dan Marino-ish, if anyone can remember Dan Marino, young enough to remember yeah, him. Listen. Yeah, you're right. His own position, he's dropping it. I like I like what he's doing. Yeah, I like what he's doing, too. And I think he has a chance to be an all-time great if he can stay healthy. He's just, he's just running a little bit too much for me. It makes me nervous. It makes me real nervous. Of course. I mean. Look at the guy that's sitting behind him. Exactly. RG3. It was we that, all seen what happened. I still that. remember that run he had when – what was that? Was that against the Ravens and Haloti? Yeah, Haloti Nada. He, yeah, he hit his knee so hard his leg was like flapping in the wind. It was just, it was like jelly, just, it just flapping in the wind. And I was like, I just hope that Lamar Jackson doesn't, because you get hit by one of them three hundred and thirty pound dudes. I don't care how athletic you are, 
That's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to happen no matter how fast he is. One day he's not going to see it. They're going to blindside him. And trust me, with doing all that running and making people look as foolish as he does, they're looking to get him eventually. Oh, you know, oh, you know the defensive people are looking to just smack him real good one time. You know that's mm-hmm. happening. Did you see that spin? I know you had to. Did you see it? The spin he did when he I did. It was like the Madden. I spin. did. It, it seemed like Madden. He spun so quick and made the dude look so stupid. I had to keep rewinding it. I was like, well, how the hell did he do that? But he is now the next time he faces that guy, what you think he's gonna try to do to him <laughs> if he get him outside of that pocket? He made you know? that. I mean, he yeah, that's like a that's like somebody dunking on somebody in the NBA. He he posted he posterized him basically. Yeah, he did. He's gonna be in commercials for like Wheaties and all that good yeah. stuff. He's he's gonna be that man looking stupid on the ground. He immortalized him because whenever <laughs> whenever uh, Lamar Jackson career is over, right? <laughs> They're gonna show his highlights. Let's say he played twelve years, make it to the um, the Hall of Fame. What's gonna be the number one within the oh. next the first ten seconds? They're gonna show that spin against that guy. That spin is gonna be oh, and another thing: how fast you think it's gonna be before he's on the cover of Madden? You think that's next year? Probably next year, unless he takes it. He might believe in the jinx. He's young, so he know about Madden. He know I, about the jinx. I definitely so he think, just might back away. Yeah, you're right. Especially for people who run them. Only people who haven't gotten hurt because of that is Tom Brady, and there was one other person who who made the cover who didn't get hurt. I can't remember who it was. Um, who who was? Oh no, Gronkowski did get hurt. Happened to Gronk. Um, might be Ray Lewis. Yeah, that early two thousand edition it might think, be Ray Lewis, I think, but he yeah. eventually did get hurt. But everybody else has gotten hurt. Uh, that would make me think twice about, especially if I was early in my career. It would make me think twice mm-hmm. about getting on that cover. But um, and he's I, young, so he know about it. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I'm sure they probably get a big bag for that, don't you? I'm I'm sure that the check is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, but um, I was, I wanted to share with you guys um. There was a story I was reading about the first black quarterback to ever start in the NFL. Well, actually, he's the first black quarterback, period, ever in the NFL. And his name was Marlon Briscoe. He was born September 10th, 1945 in Oakland, California. Um, His mother was uh, Marlon Briscoe, and he went to high school. And he actually played quarterback in high school, starting off when he was a freshman, and then he went to Omaha University. He went to Omaha High School, then Omaha Omaha University. And then after that, he got drafted in 1968 to the Denver Broncos. So let me see. The guy who was starting in front of him was named Steve Tensey. He suffered a broker, uh, broken collarbone. And once that happened, they put him in, and that was the start of history. That was the first time a black quarterback had ever – started in the NFL and he went on to start about 10 games that 11 games that season. But the crazy thing is Don Shula, um, he ended up Marlon Briscoe ended up in Buffalo. And the crazy thing is Don Shula thought he was a great talent. So he traded for him. Yeah. But once he traded for him, he turned him into a receiver. Now I get it. Um, what's his name? Who was the quarterback down there? Was that Brian? Uh, Greasy? 
Greasy was a quarterback. Yeah, yeah that probably would have been Greasy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he figured if he's such a great athlete, why waste him sitting behind Greasy? So we turned him into a receiver, and he actually won the Super Bowl, that 1972 Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins when they went undefeated. He was on the roster for that, for that, uh, for that team. So, and what's mm. crazy is after that, a couple years after that, he turned into a drug addict. He was ended up living homeless on the street, and now he is. He went to jail, went to prison actually, for let's see how long he go to jail for. For a few years, and once he came out, he rehabilitated. Went to the boys and girls club. He's like a mentor there now. He has a job at the boys and boys and girls club in Oakland, California. So he's doing good now. But I just wanted to share that story because not so many people know about that. Did you know about that, Sean? Have you ever heard about him? Uh, what's crazy is I know of his name, and I know him for being a receiver. Really. I I never mm-hmm. even knew who he was. I didn't know anything about Marlon mm-hmm. Briscoe. So you knew him as a receiver. I knew him as a receiver. I seen him talk not too long ago. It could have been, I know, within the last decade on um on Sports Center. It was on one of those, you know, you know, it was actually the um Sports Center classic channel that they used to have. Oh, that was in the okay, mid, okay, uh, okay. early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. And I, I probably you know what, they probably mentioned that in the story, but I was young and I wasn't paying attention. I just paid more attention to, like, you know, he was a receiver on a uh, championship team. That's crazy, man. So let's see. I'm going to pull up. Let me see. He was – all right. Let's look right here. Receiver, running back. He was 5'11", 178 pounds. That's 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 Mike Vick, right? No, Mike Vick was about 5'10". Yeah, he was – They, they uh, did list yeah. him at six feet. Yeah, but he was about 5'10". Yeah, 178 right. pounds. Yeah, so basically you're right. Yeah, 178 pounds, so – he was the Mike Vick from back then. I'm glad you said Mike Vick's name because I, that was one of the quarterbacks I forgot to mention. I don't think I said Mike Vick. Yeah, Let's maybe see. I did. His nickname was the his nickname was the magician, uh, magician. Yeah, the magician. So that's yeah. pretty cool. He must have been tricking him out there. We see receiving yards. He had three thousand five hundred thirty-seven. He passed for fourteen touchdowns. Um, passed for sixteen hundred yards with thirty receptions. I'm not sure if that's his career, but that is the Wikipedia on him. Yeah. As far as his stats go. So um what what led me to um what I'm about to say now is you bringing up this topic of black quarterbacks. And when I mentioned Warren Moon, Warren Moon and amongst many other quarterbacks that came before him, but I'm speaking on Warren right now, he had to go to the uh CFL, which is in Canada for those who don't know. He had to go to the CFL and put up huge numbers to get noticed by the NFL because he was, quote, unquote, not intelligent enough to be able to read a football field and be able to read defenses. So Warren Moon, even though he made the Hall of Fame and he did collect all of his stats because it is the and it is the National Football Hall of Fame, but they collect all stats, right? Yep, yep. He, um, if you take his stats from Canada, he's number one. But imagine what he would have done in the NFL and how much more groundbreaking that would have been for us as a people to see him in maybe the, I think, early 80s, the early, early 80s of a black quarterback being on the field, making calls and pulling shots like that. But he was unable, he was unable to because of the whole he wasn't smart enough to read a defense, which is kind of appalling and horrible now that you think about it. But so many things in history, and that's just life, but. It's good to see a lot of our young black quarterbacks doing well, Pete. Very good. 
Now, seeing that you brought up Warren Moon, I have his numbers here, and his numbers are actually mind-blowing. When you think about the, <laughs> the, the little bit of time – now, these are just the NFL numbers. You think about the little bit of time he played in the NFL compared to some other quarterbacks. Uh, here's his numbers. 291 touchdown passes, 233 interceptions. He threw for 49,325 passing yards. He had an 809 passer rating. He had 102 mm. career wins, uh, which was 50%. So he must have lost two. Uh, yeah, he must have lost 200 games, right? That would make him 50% winning percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 200 games. Uh, he was 58 completion percentage for his career, uh, 7.2 yards per pass. He had 26 fourth quarter comebacks. He had 37 game winning drives. He had 166 approximate value, which I have no idea what that is. Do you know what that is? I mean, nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> he had, Sounds uh, good, though. Yeah. <laughs> he had 1,736 rushing yards. He had a 3-7 and seven playoff record. It's, yeah, so he played 208 career games. That's what it said. Now, the quarterback that a lot of people tried to compare him to because they kind of played around the same time. There were two totally different quarterbacks, but most people compare them because they played basically during the same era. Is uh, Randall Cunningham, and mm-hmm. I don't. I always wonder if Run, Randall Cunningham played in today's game with all the options and all the stuff that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson do. How great Randall Cunningham could have been if he played. And plus, he had a bunch of coaches that didn't really want him to throw the ball. They just wanted him to run. They, they wanted him to run the ball around. And you'll see how much they ran him by how much rushing yards he had. So here we go. Here goes uh, Randall Cunningham's stats. 207 Randall? passing okay. yards. 207 touchdown passes. 134 interceptions. 29,979 passing yards. He had an 81.5 passer rating versus Warren Moon's 80. Uh, he had 82 career wins. He had a 61 winning percentage, uh, 56.6 completion percentage, seven yards per attempt. He had 21 fourth quarter comebacks, 26 game winning drives, 134 approximate value, uh, three and six playoff record, and he played 161 games. Mm-hmm. So this dude had. <clears throat> 4,928 rushing yards. You know how crazy that is? There's some running backs yeah. that don't have that for, for a career. Yep. Like he averaged basically – he only, he played 16 seasons, so he basically averaged about 500 yards every single season for his entire career, which is crazy in itself. Yeah. Yeah, he had two uh, careers pretty much too. You had the Philadelphia one. And then he went through some hardship and came back with uh, Minnesota Vikings with uh, Randy Moss first year. That's right. He's showing up first did. couple years. I want to say first. Yeah, they actually should have. Uh, it should have been Atlanta. Should have made it. Yeah. Oh, uh, they lost to no. Didn't they lose to? Um, that's when the Giants made it. Not. Mm, they lost to in, in the Meadowlands. I think they lost to the Giants. No, nah, the one with Kerry, the Kerry Collins team, right? No, no, that's a different that's, year. They lost to uh, Atlanta. That's when Atlanta beat them. 
You don't remember that? Yeah. That's well, you know what? It might have been two because they were uh, they had the bye. They was the, I think they only had one or two losses that year. No, I think you're right. That was another season that the Giants, they had a second chance to make it and they didn't. But I don't think Cunningham was the – wasn't Moon the quarterback? No, who – there was another black quarterback. Was it Moon? No, Moon, Moon, Moon was at um, – he did finish his career, I think, with the Vikings. But, no, that was before then. That's like early 90s, maybe mid-90s. We talking towards the late when um before Cole Pepper became the quarterback, Moss' first years was with Randall Cunningham. Remember he was dropping on his knees, pointing into the sky to the heavens. That's because right. He had came back off such a big um, I think it was drugs that he was on or something happened. A lot in his life. Forgive me if I'm, you know, misspeaking there, but he had a lot going on in his life. No, where he definitely did. He had to I pray to he... God and come back to. Yeah, you're right, because I remember he came back, and then he was a little heavier when he came back. He wasn't as thin. and then, But that just goes to show you, he put up crazy numbers that year. That's when they had Randy Moss and Chris Carter and uh, Robert Smith. and uh, Robert Smith, yep. I, I forget their tight end, but they had a good tight end, too. And he put they up – had big... Randall. Remember Randall? He had the, uh, used to wear the, the war chief oh, paint yeah, on the, his the, eyes. The face paint. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Had the ball head. Yep, yep. And they had the – um. Yeah, they had a pretty good defense too, man. That was a good team. Mm-hmm. I think that year they only that Minnesota team lost one game, I think. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think they, so. And they put up crazy numbers. That's when Randy Moss for that was his rookie year. Yeah, they tore they tore it up. They definitely tore it up. Well, we're about to head into the next segment. Um, we're gonna play this clip for you guys, and then play a little music, and then we're gonna take a commercial break, and we will be right back. Real big, real big. I know one day I would do it real big. Real shit, real shit. I know what my real niggas feel is. Nighttime, love songs. And even see the stars, but we still wish. Real shit, real shit. Who would ever thought that we would build this? Trying to walk to school, get your jaw socked. Trying to pump your gas, get your car shot. Large profit margin on the long shots Cause young niggas really make it off of our block Nighttime, locs on Fucking young bitches while they folks on High school, didn't go Couldn't understand my plan, now you niggas know Self-made, well-paid I'm from where they tell you never touch the shell case I'm from where they teach you never trust a pale face Let's talk banging, I can tell you about a failed race Real shit Real shit. I know what my real niggas feel is. Nighttime. Low song. Fucking young bitches while they folks on. Real big. Real big. I know one day I would do it. Real big. Real shit. Real shit. I know what my real niggas feel is. Nighttime. Low songs. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope all is well wherever you are in the tri state area. This weather forecast is brought to you by MTS Music Group, where the evolution of beat making is taking place. Your five-day weather forecast looks something like this. Tonight, November 21st, mostly cloudy with a low of 44 degrees, a 10% chance of rain. Friday, November 22nd, high of 54 and a low of 32 with a 40% chance of rain. Saturday, November 23rd, mostly sunny, no chance of rain, with a high of 46 and a low of 39. 
Sunday is when it gets a little sticky, Sunday, November 24th. We have a high of 46 and a low of 34 with an 80% chance of rain. Uh, it looks more like it's gonna be a wintry mix, so a little sleet maybe, a little ice, a little hail. Depends on what Mother Nature wants to give us. And Monday, November 25th, will be partly cloudy, high 48, low of 35, 10% chance of rain. This is Keith Johnson. This is Sports Fans Only. That's the five-day weather forecast. Let's get back to the guys. Here's the important point. Again, highlighting one last time, the disagreement between he and I with Boston is he blames a lot more on Kyrie yeah. than I do. I look at the decision by Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge to insert Gordon Hayward into that yeah. lineup. But to buffer your point, Max, I will tell you this. I am not hearing good things about Kyrie in Brooklyn. Already? I'm talking about you're hearing. I haven't spoken. Listen, you're just hearing about the mood. The people are putting stuff out there. I don't think it's fair. Huh. I don't know how accurate it is. Yeah. But I am telling, if Kyrie's listening, I'm telling you there's stuff circulating out mm -hmm. there about him from an attitude perspective. I don't think it's right. Maybe he's but frustrated it's having now. to carry it's the load. third team now. Uh Welcome back, everybody. What you just heard was Real Big by Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. Nip. Nip. Sad what happened to that brother, man. Didn't have to be, but I love his music, so I'm going to forever rock that. So every once in a while, you guys are going to hear some Nipsey Hussle, and I want you to just vibe with me. When I put it on, knowing I'm just paying a little tribute, a little respect to the brother. But anyway, um, what you also heard was the clip about Stephen A. Smith talking about Kyrie Irving and how word is starting to come out that he's got a bad attitude. So what you think that's all about? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe he just has a bad attitude, but I do have a question. Can I get into this right fast? Is yeah, it okay? Yeah, I'm not yeah. stepping on you. All right. Oh, darn, the floor is yours. Go ahead. All right. I just have a question to Kyrie and it would be, what do you want? Because you learned in Cleveland from LeBron. We understood you was a pup and you were learning. You wanted your own team. That was friction between them. He moved on to um, the Celtics. He had his own team. From what we knew, he got exactly what he wanted, his own team. But you know what? He just couldn't work within the system. So there we go. Some type of turmoil, some type of beef, some type of something. You move on to the Nets. Okay. Kevin Durant sitting out, you got your own team again. Not saying that those players aren't any good, but you have your own team. You're the superstar there. You can do what you want when you want. But once again, I really don't want to work within this system. So my question to Kyrie would be, what the hell do you want? I don't I don't know. For if, sure. I don't know if he knows what he wants, honestly. And the more his career continues to go. I remember when he first came out of college and he first got to the Cleveland Cav Cavaliers. Do you remember who he had a problem with? I remember who he had a problem with. He had a problem with somebody. The minute he got to was the it Hughes, who was it? Hughes? No, nope, wasn't Hughes. Was it Hughes was Deion, Deion oh. Waiters. You don't remember he was beefing with Deion Waiters? They actually right. they actually traded Deion Waiters because of it. I think they only played one year together. So mm -hmm. he. He it just seems like the minute he got to the NBA, he started having problems. And 
So basically, the first few years, the Cavs sucked. And then when LeBron came, you know, LeBron being LeBron, he was able to kind of fix things there. But even the way that ended, it was more about him. He wasn't – he wanted to get out of there and go to Boston and have his own team, like you said. But as soon as he got to Boston, you just started – just little things. You started hearing little things and how, you know, he was saying one thing to them, but then he's talking to Kevin Durant about going to New York and just kind of being disingenuous and telling the Boston fans, if you, you know, if you would take me, if you would have me back, I want to be back here in the same breath, talking to Kevin Durant. Those are actions of somebody selfish. And then now you go to, yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead. One thing that really, um, I just want to lay on the table, like think about this. The media took it as um, when Kyrie, came out in Boston, I think his first year, and he was saying, I um, apologize to LeBron for being a brat. I understand the position that he was in, teaching a young pup. Most people was like, oh, he gets he gets it now. He gets it. You know what I said? That's pretty condescending towards the Boston teammates. Oh, I get it now that I'm a big head honcho and y'all are beneath me. When you have a lot of players there, that was just as equally as, to me, as good as him. I meant as much to that team. So that's kind of condescending to say, well, LeBron, I, I under, I'm sorry, because I really do understand what you meant about putting up with us young people and not understanding how to win. How can you say that to your teammates? I don't even think he realized he threw his team under the bus when he said that. Do you think that was do you think that's calculated or you think he's that oblivious? And like I said before, selfish to where he just says what comes to his head and he doesn't even think about nobody else. Which one do you think it is? I think Kyrie, he thinks being a leader is winning and maybe having a championship and scoring so many points. But that only works when you play within the system and trust your teammates and your teammates trust you. When they don't, and it's always something spiraling on in your camp, you're going to always have them resent you because it looks like, oh, here go Kyrie again. He knows everything. He played with LeBron. He has championships, so we don't know anything about basketball. He really think that, Keith. He think he's neat. Did I say this? He think he's better than what he is. I, I in my agree. opinion, he's very good, though. I know he's 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 a great player, and he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. And I'm not taking that away from him, but I just think ever since high school, see when these high school kids they get entrenched in AAU, and he was probably the best player on his team in AAU. He went to college for one year. Um, he, he didn't even start that, that year, did he? He was like the sixth man coming off the bench, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Where he at? Was at, when he was at Duke? No, he was a starter, but he only played six games, I think. He got hurt or six. something, right? Yeah, he got hurt, and he didn't come back, I don't think. So he only played – quote me if I'm wrong. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but uh, don't quote me on this. I think it's between six or eight games he actually played in college. And then he went straight to the NBA. So he's never really had to be accountable to his teammates like that because, first of all, he's never – after high school, he's never really gelled with anybody. I think it's just a personality thing because, like I said, it seems like every stop, everywhere he goes, he has an issue. Something's not right. And it's just crazy. How many games in are we? We're only like 15 games in maybe, and there's already – yeah talk already like that's not good that can't be good that that was a playoff team are they even are they i gotta check 
let me see. Are they over 500? I don't even know if they're over 500. Because they were doing bad at one point. I'm checking right now. They are... Oh, bro. They're only six and eight. Six and eight. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. They better better do something quick because you got... they're They're in the same division with Philly, Toronto, and Boston. And then you still got a bunch of other teams in that. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but it's looking like they should have kept D'Angelo Russell and, and just got Durant. Yep, and look at what uh, Kimba Walker is doing in um, Boston. Exactly. They're playing, with more co- they're playing with more cohesiveness. They're putting things together. They're listening to the coach. They're building towards a playoff run, even though it's early as far as roster spots and rotation spots. So – Look Look how much they love playing with Kimba. And there's nothing different stat-wise, Kimba, to Kyrie, if you look at the stat sheet. They're both going to fill it up and do what they do. But it's just his mouth and his actions are different than Kyrie's, Kimba, that is. No, it definitely is. They're actually 11-3, and three, and they have the second-best record in the NBA. Whereas mm-hmm. last year, Boston was struggling in the beginning. Remember that? They – People was like, what's yeah. going on with Boston? They got it together to make it to the playoffs, and they lost in the first round. But in the beginning, they were struggling with Kyrie. So I just think Kyrie yep. is just a hard person to deal with, and he wants he wants things to go. And it's like how you said. He thinks championships are about stats and, and you know, him and LeBron James are two totally different people when it comes to the team aspect. And I'm just surprised it, it was able to last for four years when it did when uh, LeBron was in Cleveland. Just doesn't seem like a good teammate. Really doesn't. No. No. But anyway, we're going to – Once again, I asked – No, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Kyrie one, I asked Kyrie one question. What in the hell do you want then? Yeah, that's a good question to ask him. I wish you could send a Twitter, a Twitter thing and at Kyrie, like, what, what do you really want? I don't think he knows. Like I said, I don't think he really knows. Do you think he's a bad person? Everybody says he's a, a really good dude, really humble, nice person. Yeah. So it's, Maybe it's mental. Maybe. If you keep going and getting what you want, you're not happy. Uh, I don't know who else or what else you should turn to because I love Kyrie. Like him a lot. Actually love him. Young black man on the movies. Love Uncle Drew. Like a lot about Kyrie. But one question. What in the hell you want, Kyrie? I, did, I don't know. I don't know either, but I did like that damn movie. Now, Uncle Drew surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be that good, but I definitely liked it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely liked it. It was good. Y'all made me watch it. We was talking about it in group chat, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen that. And I was like, let me watch it that night. It was pretty awesome. I loved it. I thought going into it, I was like, this is going to be a horrible movie. I mean, you got all these old basketball players. Like, I was like, how good could it possibly be? But I slept on the the main dude that they really don't show. What's that guy's name? He has his own TV show. I forget the uh, name. Real. Yeah, yeah. Real. Yeah, he's a. He's, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's funny. He's a, that dude's funny. You know, he comes from um, he comes from social media. Corey used to follow him years ago before he even made it. So what? He just put out videos on social media. and He got famous that way. Yeah, yep. Wow. Didn't know that. Huh. Well, he was yep. just putting out, like, just silly, just, just talking? Or what, what kind of videos were they? Yes. Yeah, like, uh, I think they were more, like, clips and, like, uh, tutorials about certain things to do, but making, like, making fun of life, life and light of certain situations and stuff like that. Huh. 
but he did it all by himself. So and that's how he got noticed. I had no idea. I saw his show a couple times. It's all right. It's not my cup of tea, but he, you know, but you know, you get, and no offense to nobody, but sometimes when black actors, they get white writers, just doesn't work. Remember the, what was that train wreck? Uh, Method Man and Red Method. Man, that horrible. Yeah, Method Man, yeah. Oh, good Lord, that was a horrible show. <laughs> yeah, and it should have been great coming off of How High, that movie. Oh, shit. You that, know, it should have been great. Definitely should have been, but you get the wrong writers, that's what can happen. You stay up there trying to be funny, and, they, and they're not funny at all. Was, I think it got canceled after, like, two shows. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even get, like, their feet wet. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they, I wonder if they quit, or I wonder if it's that they, they said, nah, we're not doing this, or they just canceled it because the ratings were so terrible. Uh, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> it, was <just> bad. <laughs> it was just bad. I remember that. But anyway, we're going to head into the next segment, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. It's your boy, Keith Johnson. For the moment, uh, Sean Mack had to step out to take care of some business, so you can call me Keith Johnson, a.k.a. Han Solo Dolo. I always like the way that sounds, so whenever I'm solo on the radio and it's just me, call me Han Solo Dolo. So it's just me right now for this segment. I got a few things I want to go over with you. Um, Now, what you just heard was the Anthony Davis clip talking about Russell Westbrook and basically taking a little shot at the way he dresses, his wardrobe and all that. And I just wanted to talk on that topic real quick because, and like my boy Sean always says, I don't ever want to be that guy, the old guy who who's looking down at the young generation, you know, rolling his eyes and like, come on, man, what are you wearing? You look foolish. Because I remember when I was younger and I had my high top, you know, older people would look when when that hairstyle first came out, and I can only imagine as an older person seeing that haircut for the first time. I mean, your head literally looks like an eraser. Remember those erasers you used to get the 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 pink erasers, especially if you had a Gumby. You know those those pink erasers they used to give you with the little slanted top. You know, it, it just looks like Gumby, or it just looks like an eraser top head, like on a number two pencil. So so I get it. And I understand why why older people back then kind of rolled their eyes. But I find myself doing the same thing with the younger generation now. I mean, just the way they dress, to me, I can't relate. I remember when I was younger, wearing tight pants meant that you didn't have enough money to get good pants. Like having to wear like extra tight pants was not a good thing. Now it's become a great thing, like, 
This generation loves wearing tight, extra tight, skin tight jeans. As a man, what is it about those jeans that makes you want to put them on? They show your hips, your kneecaps, your thighs. As a man, why do you want that to be shown? And Russell Westbrook is notorious for wearing questionable clothing. And it's not even just the tightness of it. He'll wear a, a shirt with one, one arm longer than the other arm. You know, pants legs with, with uh, uh, he'll have pants on with, uh, they're tight at the ankles, but baggy at the pockets. Which doesn't even make sense to me. They'll be baggy by the, uh, by the pockets, but still be tight on the behind area and on the kneecap area. And then not matching colors. Since when did not matching colors become the thing? I just want to know where the where these basketball players their their fashion sense came from. Now this infectious disease is what I call it. This fashion style has spread all over the NBA, and there's a couple of players in particular. Uh, Dwayne Wade, he's no longer in the NBA. Uh, I have a feeling Gabrielle Union has something to do with his odd way of dressing um james harden is another weirdo when it comes to dressing in my opinion nothing against the man but his his wardrobe is foul um who else so i said russell westbrook uh, harden uh, Dwayne wade and d- don't even let me get into the rappers the rappers are even worse than the, than the athletes but i just wanted to touch on that because when anthony davis said it it, it made me chuckle I'm not going to lie. It made me chuckle because I've been asking the same question or wondering the same thing. How could you guys wear this stuff? Oh, Cam Newton's another one. Wearing those big Smokey the Bear hats with the with the Aunt Jemima scarf and, 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 and a man purse. You know what kills me? I saw ASAP Rocky. He had a man purse, but the man purse had a Mickey Mouse. It was a Mickey Mouse themed man purse. You are a grown man. You stop that. You stop it now. Don't nobody want to see you walk around with a man purse with Mickey Mouse on it. We are grown men. And why is he why is he showing that style off to the kids? Now the kids, little boys want to go get man purse, Mickey purses. Mickey Mouse purses, I'm sorry. Just frustrating to me. It really is. Very frustrating. Um, in other news, um, this is hot off the presses. The New England Patriots are actually very serious about signing Antonio Brown. Chris Foria, who was a former New England Patriot tight end, gave an interview. And this was up in Boston. I can't remember the actual station. I'll get that to you guys on the next episode. But according to him, and I think he works with the Patriots still in some capacity in the office, in the front office. Um, he said the higher-ups, the execs, are actually kicking the idea around that they might sign this man. Now, if you don't know, um, all the charges have been dropped against Antonio Brown, the criminal charges anyway. This girl wants money now, so she went to civil court to try to get a civil law, uh, law uh, lawsuit against him. And so basically she wants money now. And from the beginning, I always thought that this is what it was about. I don't condone anybody doing anything to women. Violence, assaults, anything like that. I don't condone it. It's cowardly. It's spineless. But there's some stories. This is just facts. There's some stories where women lie and they want other things 
out of the situation by lying about it. That's a just that's just a fact. Don't blame me. Blame the women who think it's a good idea to try to ruin somebody's career just for a little bit of money. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I just find it very strange that somebody would drop the criminal case if you're so if you're trying to make somebody pay. Why would you drop the criminal case so any chances of jail go out the window and you're just after money now? I'm sorry it makes you look bad. It really does. Uh, other NFL news, uh, Miles Garrett uh, went for his appeal and he did not win it. He's standing by his comments that uh, Mason Rudolph said a racial slur. Um, more than likely, what he's trying to say is he called him the N-word. Um... I don't know. Everybody on the Browns tends to think that he's not the type of person that would just boldface lie like that. His reaction, his reaction is that of a man who just got called the N-word by somebody white. That's what it felt like. It felt like the situation was de-escalating and then something was said and you see Mason Rudolph. Now, he definitely said something when he tried to rush. I don't know if he was trying to get his helmet or he was trying to get in his face. After Garrett was walking away with his helmet in hand, Mason Rudolph rushes him and the lineman has to separate them. Now, excuse me for my nose. I'm a little stuffed up. I think my wife got me a little sick, but it is what it is. I'm going to tough the the last few minutes of this out. So when he rushed him again, he's saying something. Nobody knows what was said. In that time frame, Miles Garrett says he called him the N-word. He's doubling down. He's saying that's what he said. Of course, the NFL said there's no evidence. Supposedly, every quarterback is mic'd up. That's what I was reading on ESPN. But either they don't want to admit that every quarterback's mic'd up and they don't want to put that out, which I don't put past the NFL, or Miles Garrett is just straight lying. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case, but we'll never know. We will never know. Um, next episode, me and Sean Matt, we have this little contest we're doing. Um, we're picking games. I just lost the first game, with, uh, the Texans-Colts Thursday night matchup. Texans won 20-17. So Sean Mack is up 1-0. We just started this now, so we're going to just take the combined records we have between now and the Super Bowl. And we're going to come up with a little gentleman's bet. We're going to tell you guys about it next episode. Something that's going to make the other person look super foolish. It'll have something to do with sports. We're going to film it and give you guys a good laugh. Um, Also, um, we're doing our all-time great football segment, which is anybody can play and give your argument as to why they think they can beat my Patriot all-time team. Because I've said this before, if I had an all-time team in my pick of any Patriot player that ever wore a Patriot jersey, that team would be any all-time team from any NFL team in the history of the NFL. So, for instance, my Patriots, the secondary would be um, Ty Law, um, Darrell Revis, Stephon Gilmore, Rodney Harrison, Devin McCourty, and throwing a cube to lead. Linebackers would be Willie McGinnis. Um, Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, Teddy Bruschi. Those would be my linebackers. Linemen would be Vince Wilfort, uh, Richard Seymour. Um, and I got to figure out the last two. Oh, I'm sorry. I would take Bruschi off and put Andre Tippett as my linebacker. Uh, and the defensive lineman, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, 
And then on offense, you know, you get the idea. So we're going to build our teams. We're going to come back. Oh, also, on the offensive side, no offensive linemen. No disrespect to offensive linemen, but most people aren't knowledgeable of the best offensive linemen on their favorite team throughout the course of history. So we're going to throw that out, just do offensive skill players, three receivers, one tight end, two running backs, quarterback, and, yeah, that's it. So um, leave a message. Give me your all-time great team. Mike Little, I'm challenging you. Kenji, I'm challenging you. Um, Leave a message. On the bottom of the screen, there's a message. You can only leave a minute message. If you need to leave more, just leave another message. I'll put them consecutively on the show next time, and we can talk about it. I'll give you my team in full capacity, the offense and defense, next episode. Well, that's it for Sports Fans Only. This is Keith Johnson a.k.a. Han Solo Dolo on this last segment, and Sean Mack, who had to step out. We appreciate you listening. We're going to take you out with a little Raekwon from Wu-Tang. This is off of one of his more recent albums called Nautilus. Um, I want you guys to ride out to this, and we will be back on Monday. Um, I might do a show on over the weekend on Sunday just to do a little recap of the uh, football games because you know the Cowboys are coming to play the Patriots. I got a few people coming in to watch it with me on the 65-inch screen. So I might take some video of that. And when we're beating the Cowboys' ass, I'm going to definitely show you the face of the people who are Cowboys fans and show you the disappointment and the the depression leaving my house after this beatdown. So anyway, you guys take care. This is Keith Johnson, the sports fans only. Peace. Nigga, nigga, so what my bitch a open nigga, yo, yeah, with color ice on green karma, magazine stack black bomber, been all through the world getting homage, this mines, we gon' have a big problem. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. This has been Keith Johnson with your boy Sean Mack, and this is Sports Fans Only. <laughs>